0: In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. God willing, today we're going to study the topic of endurance um, by reading Acts chapter 14. Uh, Acts chapter 14 uh, is part of the uh, first missionary journey of St. Paul. So we call the missionary journeys are where St. Paul uh, would travel around the world establishing churches um, or uh, visiting the churches that he had already established, uh, and he had three missionary journeys, and they're all outlined in the book of Acts. Acts chapter 14 is speaking about his first mission missionary journey. Um, so if you see the the red line here on this map, this is uh, the first missionary journey, um, leaving from Israel, um, going to Cyprus, going up into Asia Minor, which is modern-day Turkey, and then getting to the city of Derby, which is where the red line ends, and then going back, backtracking um, the same way that he came um, until he takes his ship back to uh, Israel. So uh, Acts chapter 14 talks about the, all the things that he did on this journey um, as well as a lot of the uh, struggles that he faced. And so we want to read it and look at it from the perspective of endurance. What is it that he had to endure um, in order to be successful in his mission? Um, Of course, today we reap the fruit of all of the work of St. Paul and the rest of the apostles and establishing the church all over the world. Um, But this did not come easy. And actually, most of the apostles were martyred uh, in the end, but they planted the seed of faith throughout the world um, that we benefit from um, even today. Um, So we will read this together and um, kind of pause and and talk about what is it that they did or what is it that St. Paul did. So it says, now it happened, this is Acts 14, now it happened in Iconium that they went together to the synagogue of the Jews and so spoke that a great multitude, both of the Jews and of the Greeks, believed. So I want to emphasize kind of two things. One is, what is it that St. Paul was able to accomplish? And two, what is it that he had to endure in order to accomplish? Um, And the two are related. Right, because if he if he had no endurance, he would not have been able to accomplish the things that he did. Um, it's easy for us to give up uh, whenever we are faced with hardship, um, and and if Saint Paul had throughout this whole journey, um, he wouldn't have succeeded. He wouldn't have done all that he did. Okay, so he accomplished here what he went to preach in like the heart of the enemy, if you want to say right, because the Jews were the ones that were the most. Uh, strongly against christianity or was called the way at the time um because christianity was a sect that came out of judaism and the gentiles though there were gentiles that maybe um they they were against christianity um but it was primarily the jews um and the jews would go from place to pra- place uh like uh, causing trouble with the gentiles cause like r- riling up the gentiles so that the gentiles would come and attack the apostles okay so here they are they're going into the heart of the enemy so to speak uh, and they're preaching right so from to understand even this from a perspective of evangelism they didn't go to a friendly place they went to a very unfriendly place they went to the place where um, they were known as being uh, the enemy um, and yet they still went there and they preached um, they preached to them But the unbelieving jews stirred up the gentiles and poisoned their minds against the brethren so the 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 jews there in that place um, who were from the synagogue they went and they um, spoke poorly about all of the apostles and saint paul uh, and and caused the gentiles to reject the message right um and we can we can understand this today Um, a lot of people speak poorly about christianity have a wrong perspective of what Christianity is about. And we as Christians have to endure this. And we have to say, how can we continue to preach? How can we continue to serve people? How can we continue to have a testimony and a witness for Christ? Even uh, as um, many people misunderstand us, right? You know, how much did the early church, how much the early church was misunderstood? Um, You know, there were many writings from the Gentiles that misunderstood Christianity. And they, they referred to us as cannibals. Because when we spoke about having to eat the body and drink the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, they didn't understand what we meant and they thought that we're actually consuming human flesh and they referred to us as cannibals. There are a lot of misunderstandings. There's a lot of things, right? So, you know, even now in the 21st century when we say, well, how are we going to explain the Orthodox Church to uh, people who have never heard of it or have a very different lifestyle or different values? Well, that was no different than the time. You know, we we, we tend to sometimes have a thought in our mind like things used to be really good and now things are really bad, you know. Um, And and maybe we use that as an excuse to avoid having to do things, um, thinking that uh, no matter what we do, it's not going to matter because things are so bad now. Actually, things used to be very, very bad. If you think about like these pagans, they were they were they were making child sacrifices, you know. Uh, like for instance the practice of homosexuality this is not a new thing this is something that existed back then um, That there was all kinds of immorality and all kinds of misunderstandings and all kinds of like uh, wrong beliefs that existed even at the time and yet the apostles still went and they still preached and they still convinced people and they still were a light to the world and they still established the church even in that environment right uh, so so we can't uh, just say that Well, nowadays, things are different. No, actually, um, in a lot of ways, it was worse back then. You know, at least now, uh, Christians have some kind of rights. Back then, Christians would just be killed and slaughtered, um, sent to the lions to be killed and eaten. You know, that doesn't happen today. Um, Therefore, they stayed there a long time, speaking boldly in the Lord, who was bearing witness to the word of his grace, granting signs and wonders to be done by their hands. So they, they, they accomplished several things. One is they persevered. Because it says they stayed there a long time. You know, they could have, when they first um, encountered resistance, right? When they first saw that the Jews were poisoning the mind of the Gentiles, they could have very easily said, okay, well, our time here is done. Um, we, we, we can't provide what we wanted or we did the best that we could. Now it's time for us to leave. Um, but instead, they invested more time and more effort and stayed. And, and I'm sure they had individual pastoral care for individual people, as they felt that people were coming to the faith, visiting individual people, spending time teaching individual people. Um, this was the, their work. And, and it says that they spoke boldly. So they did it without fear. They did it not being afraid of what the consequence would happen to them. Um, maybe we suffer and struggle with both these things. Maybe we're afraid to speak. Um, and even when we speak, we kind of give our short speech about what is it that we are <laughs> going to say and then we move on. But one of the characteristics of the apostles, and and St. Paul here in particular, is that he always followed up. So, you know, just as we said at the beginning, he went and he established churches, and then on his way back, he went and revisited all of the locations, even though in order for him to go back home, it would have been much more direct to go a different route. But he chose to go back and, and, and backtrack all the way uh, around to where he was before, um, because he wanted to Follow up with all of the churches, all of the people um, that he had met along the way. So he persevered and he spoke boldly. Also, it says that he was supported by God's signs and miracles, meaning God was with him, right? God was supporting his ministry. He wasn't just doing this as with the power of man, which would have been impossible, but he is doing it with the power of God and to see God working. So he's accomplishing all these things. But the multitude of the city was divided, part sided with the Jews and part sided with the apostles. So there were divisions, right? There were divisions. Even though some uh, were, were accepting the, the word, not everyone was accepting. Sometimes we, uh, we believe that everyone must like us, right? Everyone has to like me. And if not everyone likes me, they were very distressed and upset about it. Um, but one of the things that they endured here is divisions, not everybody liked them, not everybody accepted. Yes, there were some that accepted, but there were also some that did not accept. This is also something that we have to endure in our life, that sometimes they are not everybody sees me favorably, right? Not everybody sees me um, in a good way. And when a violent attempt was made by both the Gentiles and the Jews with their rulers to abuse and stone them, right? So, So not only was this division and this kind of animosity toward them at the level of words, at the level of like social acceptance, um, no. It actually became violent. Um, it became something where their very lives were at risk, right? They were at risk here of being stoned. So so this is, again, something that they had to endure. Hatred, the hatred of others for the sake of doing good. Something very difficult maybe for us and one of the things that would maybe call call us to... To quit um, preaching or quit sharing or, or start hiding, um, you know, our, our faith is what What are the threats that are against us? You know, like maybe in our modern life, people don't stone us uh, yet. Um, but they will fire us from our work. Um, they will speak poorly about us. Um, they will try to destroy our reputation. They will call us names, right? They will They will do all kinds of things that, of course, we don't want um for the sake of uh disagreeing with our our beliefs and and wanting to silence us and you think you know if you look at how much like in our society for instance like we we talk about free speech and we give place for people with all kinds of strange beliefs um to express themselves uh, things that are completely new and like yes just, just yesterday somebody sent me a link to a new disney show in germany about a teenage girl who became pregnant by the devil on disney right this is on disney plus in germany who said that this is something that should be expressed like who said who said this is something there should be there should be a forum whereby such a thing is is allowed and celebrated and and given to kids like why like like it just doesn't make any sense Somebody said, yes, this is good. We want, we want to have free speech and we want to, uh, you know, talk about something like this. But when it comes to someone speaking about the Christian faith, it's like silence. Like, no, we don't want you to speak about that. So, so the idea of the threats, you know, it's easy for us to give in to those threats because we're afraid of the repercussions. But here we see, and we're going to see it more, um, St. Paul and those who were with him, they did not respond to those fre- threats. They didn't try to be politically correct. They didn't try to do what the people wanted them to do. They just did what they believed was right and they didn't care what happened to them. And and certainly um, that is a high standard you know, for us to say, I don't care what happens to me. I don't care if I lose my friends. I don't care if I get fired from work. I don't care um, because what I'm doing is more important. right? Maybe this is difficult for us, but if you look at Again, what are the principles that the church is founded on? Those are certainly the principles that the church is founded on. I don't care what society says, because the message of, that Christ brought is something that was completely contrary to society. You know, at the time, paganism, that was the, um, that was the norm, right? Paganism was the norm on in the Gentile world, and Judaism was the norm in Israel. And Christ came to offend both groups, right? He offended the, the Israelites and he offended the Gentiles. He told them both that they were wrong. There was nobody on the earth that had his faith, you know, that believed in what he had to say. Even the Jews didn't believe him. The Jews who were the people of God, they they didn't believe him, right? So he was singular in that sense. Like he didn't even belong to a group. He was one man who came with a message contrary to any other message that had ever been preached. um, And he converted everyone, right, to his message. So definitely um, it's something for us to keep in mind. They became aware of it and fled to Lystra and Derby, cities of Lyconia, and to the surrounding region. So, after they were being threatened, they fled. They fled from there and they went to Lystra and Derby and other um, cities in the nearby region. So, again, if you can imagine that you are fleeing for your life because people are trying to kill you. Um, then you're going to feel what? You're going to (laughs) feel afraid. You're going to feel unappreciated. Again, you could very easily give up at this point. You know, at this point, this journey had lasted months. And um, it would have been very easy for St. Paul to say, like, okay, you know, maybe this is a good stopping point. You know, I'm going to go back. Uh, You know, we we preached. We we established churches. We did a lot. Uh, We can now go back because we've hit a point where it's getting too dangerous, you know, for us to continue. But that's not what they did, right? They did flee so that they wouldn't get killed, right? But even in the places where they fled, they continued to preach. And they were preaching the gospel there. And in Lystra, a certain man, without strength in his feet, was sitting, a cripple from his mother's womb, who had never walked. This man heard Paul speaking. Paul, observing him intently and seeing that he had faith to be healed, said with a loud voice, Stand up straight on your feet. And he leaped and walked. So here again as we saw before god was supporting their ministry with signs and miracles which says that what like god was encouraging them to continue like he's saying yes you are you are suffering from from the hands of man because of what you are doing but i want you to continue and here's the sign that i want you to continue because because he is supporting them he, he supports them in this supernatural way in a way that only they can see that god is continuing to tell them continue your ministry continue fighting continue preaching Um, And so, again, this was an accomplishment that they went and God was um, blessing their service, their ministry, and everything that they did. Now, when the people saw what Paul had done, they raised their voices, saying in the Lyconian language, the gods have come down to us in the likeness of men. Now, if on the one hand, they had frustrations because people didn't want to believe what they had to say, now it's like the opposite. Now it's like the people are so accepting of them that they're saying that they are gods. Right. Again, like when we are making an effort to try to share the gospel with someone, um, uh, we find that there are misunderstandings and there are things that people believe wrongly. Actually, even when people come to the church, as much as we try to catechize, meaning like teach catechism for new people who are coming to the church there are still old thoughts and old ideas and wrong beliefs that maybe a person is coming to the church with and maybe it takes some time for that person to change to change their thoughts and change their beliefs and that's like what we are seeing here these people who um, on the one hand they are seeing uh paul do miracles in the name of christ but they don't understand what that means they don't understand christ so they are taking it what they are seeing and they're trying to accommodate it in their existing belief system which is the belief of paganism multiple gods so they said these men must be gods the only way for them to do what it is that they're doing is because they themselves are gods and have have become men so the frustration here if you can imagine from the perspective of St Paul you know you preach in one place and people reject you you preach in another place and they try to stone you and you have to run away you preach in a third place well yeah, they they see that you really are doing miracles, but do they do they accept what you are teaching? No, actually they think you are a god, which is again not <laughs> not at all what they wanted them to believe, right? And 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 sometimes we feel that we have to keep repeating ourselves again and again and again for people to understand, right? And this is certainly what the apostles had to do. They they went and repeated the same message again and again and again and again until people understood until people accepted the truth until people were able to change their mindset from what they were right before to what they are this new truth that they are accepting now this this new idea this new belief and barnabas they called zeus and paul hermes because he was the chief speaker then the priest of zeus whose temple was in front of their city brought oxen and garlands to the gates intending to sacrifice with the multitudes but when the apostles Barnabas and Paul heard this, they tore their clothes and ran in among the multitude, crying out. Again, they are now because they see them as gods. They're they're trying to sacrifice to them, and Paul and Barnabas they tear their clothes and like in like uh, mourning and, and like like w- what are you doing? Like this is you shouldn't you shouldn't do this, um, and so they it's like they have kind of an anguish here, like an anguish over the results of their ministry, like the people that they were preaching to are trying to worship them and so in a sense you could say that at least by this point they achieved the opposite of what they wanted to achieve right like again when we speak about endurance in some way like when we're trying to work and do something good um, this would be an example of again after all of this effort we achieved the opposite of what we're trying to achieve and again it makes us feel uh, like maybe failures like, we're, we're, not, we're not advancing. We're not making progress. All of my effort is for nothing and maybe even opposite of what I would like. Um, this, is again, is something that they had to endure. All of these things, like St. Paul, the apostle of Christ, the one who was called by Christ, the one whom Christ appeared to him on the road, the one who spoke to him with an audible voice, the one who appeared to him and taught him, all, like all of these things that happened to St. Paul, and yet we see that this is the way that God deals with St. Paul. You know, one one person might say, um, well, because St. Paul was such a righteous man and because God called him by name, that everything that he does has to be blessed in a sense of everything's going to be easy. The road you're going to walk is going to be an easy road, but actually that's not how God works. And uh, we touched on this in the sermon today about how the, um, the suffering and, the, and the, the, the trials that we face in life are not inconsistent with God's love, right? Um, Paul experienced all of these things because we live in the corrupted world. Right, and and God is, is not going to remove the corruption from the world just in like with a snap of a finger, but He supported Saint Paul and everything that he did. He supported him so that in the end, yes, he d- didn't die um, in this. Yes, he was able to establish churches. Yes, um, the fruit of his preaching lasted for two thousand years now after um, after he did it. But at the time when he was in the middle of this trial. Um, maybe he never would have anticipated that like if you were to go to saint paul in this moment and be like saint paul is is your ministry successful uh he'd probably say no like i haven't succeeded i haven't done what i sought to do everywhere i go there's resistance they want to kill me they think i'm a god like everywhere i go there's a different problem you know um, who is it at this point in his ministry could he, could he point to and say, yes, these people accepted, and, 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 and now they are like, they have the right faith and all of this? No, they don't. So if you think about the apostles themselves, the apostles themselves, even after three years of living with Christ, they still didn't understand. After the resurrection, they asked him, so now are you going to restore the kingdom to Israel? Like now are you going to set up a political kingdom um, and be the king? Like they still didn't understand you know? Um, So it takes time, right? And one of the things that we are called for is to be patient um, when we are waiting for people to come to the faith. Um, So after they they tore their clothes, and then they said what? Men, why are you doing these things? We also are men with the same nature as you, and preach to you that you should turn from these useless things to the living God who made the heaven, the earth, the sea, and all things that are in them. So their response was, number one, we said they didn't quit, they didn't run, they didn't get angry to the point where they are like cursing these people for what they're doing, but they responded in patience um, and with education. They're like, okay, um, you, you still don't understand, so let me help you to understand. You know, maybe even like our children, when we get fed up of repeating the same thing again and again for them, um, our reaction is like Moses when he came down from the mountain, and he saw that the israelites were worshiping the golden calf is he took the tablets of the ten commandments and he threw them on the ground um breaking them like that was in out of his anger you know maybe that's how sometimes we react when whenever we are fed up with someone whether it be our children or other people that we deal with that are maybe difficult to deal with um, because we are we are done like i'm done we're dealing with you right but again here, St. Paul, like having given all of himself to this whole ministry and having suffered and having traveled and all of this, again, when he saw them, he didn't say, okay, well, these people are, um, you know, like they're, they're hopeless. Like there's no other, nothing good is going to come. We, again, we tried and it didn't work. So we're going to move on um, or we're going to go home. No, actually, he, he, he continued to teach them, right? Despite all the pressure on him, despite the threats on his life, Despite the ignorance of the people, he continued to um, work patiently to teach them. Who in bygone generations allowed nations to walk in their own ways. Nevertheless, he did not leave himself without witness, and that he did good. Gave us rain from heaven and fruitful seasons, filling our hearts with food and gladness. And with these sayings, they could scarcely restrain the multitudes from sacrificing to them. So St. Paul is like trying to convince them that they are not gods and that they are men and that God is the one who created all these things, all right? But their people are still wanting to sacrifice to them. Then Jews from Antioch and Iconium came, so that's where they were before, before they came here. So the Jews are, like, following them. They came there, and having persuaded the multitudes, they stoned Paul and dragged him out of the city, supposing him to be dead. Now, these people were just sacrificing to him and believing that he is a god. And now, after the Jews come and they tell them whatever it is that they said, now they're trying to kill him. Like, again, like there's no middle ground here. Like, no matter what it is that St. Paul does, someone wants to hurt him or someone is refusing him. Um, so they had to endure what? Slander, right? People were speaking falsely um, about them. The Jews persuaded the people that Paul and Barnabas were essentially frauds. These men are liars, they are not coming to tell you the truth because of course the Jews were against the message of Christianity saying that the that the Jesus of Nazareth was was the Messiah right so they are they're saying no these men are frauds they, they they're, they're not teaching the truth again we can maybe relate to when people slander us um, how is it that we react how is it that we feel how is it we want to re- respond uh, what is it we want to do maybe again I want to leave I don't want to endure this. I don't, I don't want to be in, in, in this environment where I am treated as such. But again, the, the, the mission that St. Paul was on was so important that he endured everything. There was nothing that he did not endure. He also endured abuse um, because they stoned him, right? If you can imagine being stoned, um, this is not something that um, is easy to recover from, right? But what is it that they did? So they stoned Paul dragged him out of the city and to what extent did they stone him it says supposing him to be dead like that's not a that's not just like a pebble like that's that that's to the point where people think you're dead like you're unconscious you're they think you're dead that's how much that they stoned him and they dragged him out of the city then it says however when the disciples gathered around him he rose up and went into the city and the next day he departed with barnabas to derby so he he went back into the city like, he went back into the city after uh, he was stoned, and then he continued on his mission. Again, he could have said, all right, now is definitely the time to stop. Uh, I need to go to the hospital. Um, I, I, I can't continue. I don't have the energy to continue. I don't have the strength to continue. Certainly, God does not want me to continue because I am, I'm, I'm too exhausted. I'm too hurt. Um, in order to continue. And look at these people who hate me. Why should I continue to try to save them whenever they hate me? If you look at the example of Jonah the prophet, right? he hated the Ninevites because the Ninevites were the enemies of Israel. And so Jonah ran when God called him to preach to Nineveh. And God dragged him against his will to Nineveh in order to preach to them. But you look at the example of St. Paul, despite these people hating him and, and trying to kill him and slandering him and abusing him, and despite him being physically exhausted, and despite people not even understanding whenever he preaches to them, he says, "What? Well, no, I'm going to keep going. I'm not going to stop. This is unbelievable endurance. And when they had preached the gospel to that city and made many disciples, they returned to Lystra, Iconium, and Antioch. So they went to Derby, which is another city near Lystra. They preached the gospel there. They made disciples there. They went back to Lystra, the place where he was stoned, and they went back to Iconium, the place that he, was, uh, that, he, that, that, that he was chased out of because they were threatening to stone him, and to Antioch. And they went everywhere and made disciples. So it's like after all of those struggles, um, then St. Paul did not give up. He's now starting to see the fruit of his service, of all that he did. Because he did not give up because he endured, because he kept doing the right thing as he was enduring. And that's the thing with endurance. Endurance is not just about waiting, right? Endurance is waiting while doing the right thing, right? Because sometimes, and as we are under pressure during a trial, we make a mess of things. We make things worse by the way we react, by the things that we say, by the things that we don't say, by, 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 by how we deal with each other right? Or maybe because I'm trying to cope with the stress during a time of trial, I become addicted to things, trying to comfort myself with them, right? And so we find that by the end of the trial, I am addicted, people hate me, I'm stressed out, I'm angry at God, I stop coming to church, I stop praying, I stop reading the Bible, all those things by the end of the trial. Well, that's not at all what God intended for the trial, right? He didn't intend for me to, to, to get to the end of the trial Uh, completely destroyed and, and destitute no actually he intended the trial to strengthen me if i were to turn to him in the midst of the trial and get my comfort from him to grow in him then by the end of the trial instead of me being destroyed then i would be stronger right and we see this as a perfect example in saint paul you don't see in saint paul at all any evidence of like mental anguish You know, we spoke about this one time long ago about Joseph and how he victoriously handled the idea of his brothers throwing him into a pit and selling him as a slave and being in prison and being falsely accused. And then after 14 years, he still has love in his heart for his brothers. Um, You know, nowadays, um, it's very easy for us to, whenever we fall into some kind of distress, um, to become so mentally paralyzed that we can't function anymore, right? We, we, we can't function, we, we, I, I need to stop everything. I can't continue. Um, I don't have the ability to continue because I'm too upset, I'm too stressed, I'm triggered by everything. Um, anything that is remotely similar to the thing that caused me stress, I can't take it again, I can't look at it, I can't hear it, just I need to run away, right? And, and I'm not trying to say that to kind of like criticize anyone who has gone through anything like that, but all I'm trying to do is compare and say, what about Joseph? What about St. Paul made him to even after being stoned to go back into the same city and face the people who stoned him without fear to continue on his mission even when like any reasonable person would have stopped and would have said, that's enough. I did what I came to do and, 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 and no one can judge me. No one can judge him. If he stopped at that point, he, he did. He did what he was called for and it's time to stop, right? Right. But when you see the resilience of Saint Paul, of Barnabas, of all of the apostles, you see that they are operating on a different level. They're not operating on a human level, right? They're operating on a supernatural level. And like they're driven with a mission that is so, um, like so strong, it's like so, um, like they're so focused on what it is that they're doing that, that they continue and persevere because they are filled with the grace of God in them. They're filled with the grace of God. They are filled with the presence of God. And this is their medicine, you know? They, they, they didn't wait until they faced something that they couldn't handle, which resulted in mental illness, and they spending the rest of their life trying to cure themselves of the mental anguish that they experienced. No, they were already fortified. They were already strong. They, they were already resilient. They could go into anything and nothing would touch them. Yes, they felt the physical pain. Yes, they felt mo- like like mental anguish and sadness and all of the emotions that you would expect people like this to to, to experience. But because they leaned on God and everything, it didn't cause long-term damage. It was acute as, as opposed to chronic. It was something temporary. Like, yes, in the moment I'm, I'm sad. In the moment I'm afraid. In the moment, whatever. But this is not going to deter me from my long-term goal and my long-term vision. And I'm still me, right? I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I've not been destroyed. And this is, this is the endurance that we see. And that's why, despite all of this, they were able to make disciples, you know? And we ask sometimes, you know, why our evangelism efforts fail? I mean, I can imagine if, if we had this endurance and this zeal and drive that the apostles had, I don't think it would fail. I think, Anyone could transform the world if you had what the apostles had. Strengthening the souls of the disciples, exhorting them to continue in the faith, and saying, we must through many tribulations enter the kingdom of God. The thing that the disciples preached to the world was what they themselves had already experienced. Like, can you imagine this man who who was just stoned almost to death? He's the one who's going to go and strengthen the souls of the disciples. He's the, he's he's the one who should like need his own treatment. Like like he doesn't how how is he the one who's going to go and strengthen the souls of the disciples? Like if anything, he should be the one who's like barely hanging on by a thread. If 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 we consider maybe the way we think about things, but it wasn't that way at all. And 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 you can see why because he says, What we must through many tribulations enter the kingdom of God, meaning God is allowing all this for my salvation, and so I accept it from his hand because I see that it is good, I see that it is valuable, I see that it is necessary. Just like a person with, you know, a, like a, like a, like a life threatening uh, disease is willing to go into the surgery voluntarily, I, I accept to go, I accept the suffering of whatever side effects might come from the surgery because I recognize that this surgery is more important that the disease that is threatening me is more harmful than the side effects, right? So, so I am coming willing to suffer because the suffering that I am accepting is, is, is better than if I didn't suffer it, right? Just like a person who has uh, cancer is undergoing chemotherapy, right? It, it hurts them. There's all kinds of side effects, but I would rather do that than accept the illness itself, right and this is what he is saying we through many tribulations enter the kingdom of god it is entering the kingdom of god is not a free ride you know and 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 the the churches um that that preach and and teach and think that the kingdom of heaven is a free ride then all it takes is i believe in lord jesus christ as my savior and that's it that's all you just say that and you're done no it's not well what does he mean What does it mean, through many tribulations? What tribulations are we to enter the kingdom of God? This is when Christ was speaking about discipleship and he said, count the cost, meaning there's a cost to be paid. What is the cost, right? Whatever the cross is that Christ has called us to carry, each of us, this is the cost. We must, through many tribulations, enter the kingdom of God. And even this, he accomplished it while he himself was carrying his own cross, while he himself was suffering, while he himself was bleeding, when he himself was like had every reason to, 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 to just give up. He's the one who is preaching this. So when they had appointed elders in every church and prayed with fasting, they commended them to the Lord in whom they believed. So this word elder, whenever you see the word elder in the book of Acts, the, the Greek word is presbyteros, which means presbyter, which means priest. So they established the rank of the priesthood and they established priests in every church, okay? So one of the things they did is they established some structure. It wasn't just, let's go preach and preach and preach to everyone and everybody, we love, we love God and everything is good and you don't preach. No, we, we have to make a system, right? How are we going to follow up with these people? How are these people going to have some structure in order for them to pray, in order for them to worship, right? It wasn't just... We're going to go preach, and then we're done. And that's why the church is a hierarchy. Um, when we say, like, the hierarchical church, there's a, there's, a, there's a structure in the church. And that structure is not there to, like, have power. That structure is there to, to maintain a system for the sake of the salvation of the people and to be able to communicate, you know, important things in the whole church and so that there is unity in the whole church. So they did that. Um, and they did that, again, despite all the hardships that they're experiencing. Um, and then it says they, they prayed and fasted. Like they recognized that only God can bring success in this service. Um, and, and they, they sought his, his will. They sought his, his presence. And they saw that everything that they had accomplished was something that came through him, right? Not, not through their own strength. And this is the end of the chapter. And after they had passed through Pisidia... They came to Pamphylia. So what they're doing now is they're going back the way that they came. Now when they had preached in the word in Perga, they went down to Atalia. From there they sailed to Antioch where they had been commended to the grace of God for the work which they had been completed. Antioch was where they started. Now when they had come and gathered the church together, they reported all that God had done with them and that he had opened the door of faith to the Gentiles. So they stayed there a long time with the disciples. What is the, um, the final <laughs> like conclusion out of all of this? You know, it didn't say St. Paul went back to the rest of the believers and complained that he had been stoned and that he was so upset. uh, And how is it, like, I'm never going to do this again because this was a horrible experience. He said, what? When they gathered the church together, they reported all that God had done with them and that he had opened the door of faith to the Gentiles. Like, he looked at this mission as being successful, right? He didn't consider his personal suffering as being the reason it was unsuccessful. Why was it successful? Because they established churches, because they established disciples, because they ordained priests, because now there are churches that are present in all these cities that are going to continue the work that St. Paul started. So it's not that now that St. Paul is gone, that everything stops. No, the work will continue. So St. So Paul saw that this this mission that, that, that included all of this personal suffering for him was successful And he didn't complain, and he accepted it. And in fact, he said, what? We must, through many tribulations, enter the kingdom of God. So this model in Acts chapter 14 of endurance that we see in in St. Paul, in Barnabas, and the other apostles, is something that we should try to emulate in our life, whether it be in a specific service or mission that we're doing, or whether it just be in the normal day-to-day life that we have, um, to see that God allows everything for a reason, and God is calling us closer him and glory be to god for forever amen any comments or questions yeah there's two antiochs there's antioch of pisidia which is an antioch that's in asia minor which is which is let me show you them up here okay so there's a there's an antioch you see the very top left Oh, it says Antioch, the little red dot. That's Antioch of Pisidia. And then you see on the right, the starting point, there's another Antioch. So the Antioch that's in Syria was the starting point. And then the Antioch in Pisidia, which is Asia Minor, was one of the w- stopping points along the way. So the, the Jews who were there, in, in, it's, well, it says in Iconium, right? Iconium is one of the cities that he went to after Antioch. So the Jews, yes, they, 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 they hated him, they followed him, and they went to Lystra. And they told the Gentiles there, they slandered him, and then that's why they stoned him. Not the original Antioch, the other Antioch. I mean, ma- I can't remember. Did it say Antioch? Iconium and Derby? Then Jews from Antioch and Iconium. Yeah, that's the Antioch of Pisidia. Okay, let's pray. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. We thank you, O Lord, for this day. We ask, O God, for your blessing in all things, and we ask you, O Lord, to grant us endurance in the midst of trials and the, in our life in order to persevere to the end in faith knowing, O Lord, that we will experience many tribulations in the world. We ask, O God, that you be with us and that you comfort us in the midst of our trials and that through your comfort... We are strengthened and learn how to strengthen others and comfort others. Through the prayers of St. Mary, Archangel Michael, St. Paul, St. Mark, and all your saints, hear us as we pray. Thankfully, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not to temptation, but deliver us an evil one. In Christ Jesus, our Lord, for thine is the kingdom, power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. The love of God, the Father, the grace of the only begotten Son, our Lord God and Savior, Jesus Christ, The communion, the gift of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Go in peace, the peace of the Lord be with you all. Amen. Also, I just I want to make one final comment. Whenever you start hearing singing, that's when we should try to come to the church for the harvest meeting. Okay. When you hear the singing. Thank you.